Well, welcome. Once again, this is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in, and it's a beautiful early summer day, David. Yes. Good to be uh, back here taping again. Absolutely. Gorgeous day. It sure picks up your mood, doesn't it? It really does. With the 73 degrees. That's yeah. right. So, again, thank you for tuning in. If you're having any difficulty hearing us via radio, you can just go and live stream us into www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. So you should be able to get a clear signal, like I said, on your laptop or your computer. Mm -hmm. But uh, in this kind of weather, you might actually have good signal uh, clarity, even far distances that we don't often get in the colder weather. So uh, the last several weeks, David, we've mm -hmm. actually had several guests, literally from around the world. I'm thinking from Thailand, from South yeah. Africa, from London. And so we've had several interviews, and we hope to do some in the near future. But we're shifting gears just a little bit, and we're looking at more of a Bible study, but almost a comparative Bible study is how we look at other belief systems, mm -hmm. other worldviews, and how do they? <clears throat> how do you look through the grid of and the filter of scriptures to see where these other worldviews line up? We're not attacking or being critical as much as we're being analytical, uh, because it's good to know what other people believe and you know what they they say is their their particular view on life and death and who the person of Jesus Christ was. So today we're going to look at a biblical response. To Jehovah Witness, mm -hmm. a biblical response to Jehovah Witness. We're going to look at how it was founded, some of the things that they believe in. Uh, they believe that are authoritative, coming from their headquarters. We're going to see in a minute in the Watchtower Society, and how did it start, and how does it line up with what you would call traditional uh, Christianity or more of a biblical Christianity? Yeah. So Jehovah Witness, I mean, when you look at the 1800s, it's rather interesting. There was a lot of stuff going on at the during the 1800s. For one thing, of course, our country was in rapid change. America was going through rapid change. Right in the midpoint, we had the the Civil War, which was extremely disruptive, mm -hmm. and you know, things were really going this way and that way. But out of that came a lot of these different belief systems. One was Mormonism yeah. in about 1820, 1830. We'll discuss that mm -hmm. perhaps next week. Then you had what was known as the Millerites. This came after the Civil War, and these were people with a Christian background. They thought the world was going to end. They set a date when they thought it was going to end. People were selling their farms. They were going out on the side of mountains, getting ready. Uh, you know, everything's going to end. Yeah. And, of course, it didn't. They predicted a year that it was going to end, and that's not what you're supposed to do. And after that came other, what they call apocalyptic religions, like the Jehovah Witness. Now... The Jehovah Witness, just by a little background information, um, they are approximately, it's hard to get a good fix on how many there really are. Perhaps up to 2 million maybe members in America. Uh, maybe uh, the, from their website, uh, they would claim there's about 8.2 million worldwide. Uh, again, we're not real sure on the exact title. It's, it's, it's somewhat, it's not a gigantic religious system, but it mm -hmm. is, it got serious numbers in there. We're going to see in a minute, they're heavily into going out door to door, literally oh, yeah. knocking on the door and asking, can you take their literature and all of this. So how did it begin? Before we do that, the reason we study this, it says in the almost the last book of the Bible, right before the book of Revelation, it will say, contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. In other words, you have to 
every generation has to affirm what is the gospel, what is what is who is Jesus, what is salvation. We're in a sense we're passing that down to the next generation, our children, then grandchildren, and hopefully they'll pass it down. It's been like that for the past two thousand years. But to do that, you have to discern is something creeping in that's not right. Yeah. And of course, that's why you read the letters to Galatia or the letters to the Corinthians. There was error. And when we studied the seven churches in the book of Revelation, there was error that was creeping in right in that first century. Mm -hmm. So we have to be aware of that. It says in Acts chapter 17 that the Bereans were no more, more noble than the other hearers of the word of God because they looked at what Paul preached and they checked it with the scriptures day by day to see if it was true. So they're using the Bible. Yeah. To, to kind of like a standard to filter to see what Paul, the Apostle Paul was teaching, was right or was it wrong. And then again, it says in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, test all things, hold fast that which is good. And we're in a state of affairs now. There's all kinds of teaching going on out there, all kinds oh, yeah. of uh, worldviews and doctrines. Well, but what does the Bible say? Because it doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So a little background on, uh, I don't know if you have the background information you want to share, or I could go into it, about the founder of this religion. Um, yeah, you know, uh, one of the things you brought up first, though, I, I thought it was fascinating. Um, I had some information which suggested over 900,000 Jehovah Witnesses spend 10 hours a month going from door to door in the United States, while another 100,000 pioneers devote 100 hours a month. Um, to it. So Jehovah Witnesses convert about 4,000 people and build five kingdom halls per week worldwide. So, so that, that, that is really interesting. Yeah, they're extremely... Um, they're well organized. They're even, well, even though they're not, you know, huge, they're definitely well organized. Um, now, for the founder, um, he it was Charles uh, Taze Russell. Right. Uh, he was uh, 1852 to 1916 is mm -hmm. how long he lived. And he grew up in PA, where at an early age he rejected the doctrine of eternal torment, is what I wrote. Was that really the trigger event for him well, when he read the Bible? And he's like, no, this is not true. This can't be. What, yeah, that's partially <clears throat> true. Yeah. He was a little like Joseph Smith. We'll talk about next week about Mormonism. Uh -huh. But he didn't like any of the denominations or the different belief systems or churches of his day. And he was a very attracted to this concept of the last days or Armageddon. Right. And therefore, uh -huh. he got kind of uh, caught up in that whole thing with the, what I call the Millerites. And this would later lead to the Seventh-day Adventists. And then you would come up. Uh, he was a branch off of that, so he retained that. Like the world's going, we're going to look at in a minute all these false prophecies he had. But he 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 didn't like the other churches that he was surrounded by. So in a sense, he starts his own. Right? Yeah, right. And so at eighteen, uh, Charles Taze Russell formed his own Bible study mm -hmm. and developed his own system of theology, emphasizing the second coming of Christ. Uh, again, he picked that up from that false predictions of the Millerites yeah. and the Adventists. Uh, but he further influenced uh, many of the people that were in that movement about the end of the world. And now he's going to say, he's going to start setting these dates. Yeah. But in these Bible studies, what will come out of that is a magazine. This is key. His main instrument for spreading his particular religion was a magazine called The Watchtower. And he, he finances the magazine by going to people knocking on doors, 
selling these magazines, mm-hmm. giving these magazines out. And he predicts, he's making this prediction that in 1914, uh, there's going to be Armageddon. He's going to, that's one of the first ones he's going to come up with. Mm-hmm. All the present governments of the earth will be destroyed and God will come and establish his new covenant. Therefore, he establishes, Russell does, the Watchtower Bible and Tract Society in 1908. Headquarter was in Pennsylvania. Then he moves, moves it to New York City. That's where it is today. It's a big building. Yeah. Their main thing is literature. The biggest thing at the beginning was that uh, magazine called mm-hmm. the Watchtower Society. Oh, wow. You probably have some of that on your notes right there. Yeah. So it's always good to see how do these things begin, you know, distrust normal everyday what we call mere Christianity or mm-hmm. the basics of the Christian faith. And he starts moving off center and he's claiming these are wrong. And then when he makes these predictions, yeah, which is interesting, there's literature. You can get his literature. You go back in the archive and you can see where they're making mm-hmm. it. And it doesn't happen, of yeah. course. It doesn't happen. As a matter of fact, Jesus repeatedly said, don't set dates. No man know what the hour, the day, nor the hour the Son of Man returned. Don't they do it. Mm-hmm. See, and so that's that starts the ball rolling, and then of course he will die, and then his the next in line is a man named Joseph Rutherford, a lawyer who had served as his legal advisor. He's more dynamic, more outgoing, and he sets 1925 as the new date for the Armageddon. Yeah, you see this how yeah. they keep setting these dates, <clears throat> which now this is a very important thing because. You can when you set dates or you're prophetic. It says in mm-hmm. the Old Testament, you got to be right on. You can't keep doing this stuff. And they do it, and of course, uh, it doesn't happen. Yeah, you see. Yeah. So that's some of the things we're dealing with now. When you come to doctrine, and we'll get back into this date setting in a minute. Mm-hmm. Some of the you just touched on a couple there, David. Some of the things he didn't believe in. I mean, he didn't clearly. Yeah. It was the one right. of, of hell. Yeah. You know, he doesn't believe in this idea that. Uh, there's going to be an everlasting, you know, there's going to be a judgment and, and you, there's going to be a heaven or a hell. Right. And he doesn't believe in that at all. He yeah. speak against that. The other thing he's going to, big thing he's going to speak against is the person of Jesus Christ. The Jehovah Witness do not believe that Jesus is God come in the flesh. They do not believe that at all. Right. As a matter of fact, they misinterpret John chapter 1 where it says in the beginning was the word and the word was uh, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Yeah. The Word was made flesh. They say uh, the Word was a God. See, they, they trifle with the language. That's why they have to produce their own Bible. It's called the New World Translation. Yeah. And you see this little, they, they tweak it here and change it there. Yeah. But the key is they have to minimize Jesus from his role as God come in the flesh. Yeah. He, you cannot say he's God. That That's a very, very important thing. Uh, uh, doctrine right. uh, that they're going to have. Well, so, uh, John, I mean, I, I guess uh, I, I was actually going to start with the fact that the Jehovah Witnesses deny the true authority of the Bible, don't they? Uh, as Christians, we believe the Bible alone, you know, has the 66 um, books. It's God-inspired, but uh, they, they actually don't believe the authority of the Bible. That's key, uh, right. You know, that, that's... that's very important, you know. Two, Tim- two Timothy three sixteen, all Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then two Peter one nineteen through twenty one, uh, God breathed, 
while God used the background's various life experiences, uh, this definition applies only to the original, you know, the, the, the original manuscripts, right. right? So that's important that yeah. they're going to change, literally change the Bible um, to what their their Bible is called, the New World Translation. Right. It says here, Jehovah Witness translation is intentionally altered. Right. We shall refer to the manipulation of the Bible they do, altering certain passages. Well, this... Like, this is super important. I mean, yeah. does it say Jesus is God in John chapter 1? For example, in Colossians 1.15, when it's referring to the Son of God, He is the image of the invisible God, the right. firstborn of every creature. They they say no. Um, they say He was the first one of all creation. In other words, He's first created, then mm-hmm. all the others are created. Yeah. So what you're getting here is, it's, what was the first temptation of, of the devil in the Garden of Eden? Has God said? Yeah, did God really say? God, so yeah, the, once right. you trifle with the Word of God, right, you can mislead a lot of people. Yeah, a whole lot of people. And so I also have down Jehovah Witnesses boast that their translation is the work of competent scholars, giving clarity to the scriptures that other translations have somehow failed to supply. Yes, but they will not list their translators. Yeah, that's what I, I couldn't find anything on that. Right now, there's a uh, very important court case. Where um, it, it, it's in uh, Rutherford Press in 1930, he, he presses through this new name for the Society of Jehovah Witness. Yeah, and they take their name from Isaiah 43 verse 10, where it says, "You are my witnesses," saith Jehovah. Mm-hmm. So they think that they are the witnesses. But what's interesting about this uh, idea of translating the Scripture? There was a court case. Hmm. Where the founder was put on trial, mm-hmm. and the and the lawyers asked him, "Do you know Greek?" He goes, "I know some Greek." And then they said, "Can you read this line of Greek?" And he couldn't do it. Right? Do you have that in your past in your uh, work there? But the idea being, he wasn't a Greek scholar at all. But he, he, he yeah. But, so I do. So uh, to your point, the New World Translation Committee had no known translators with recognized degrees in Greek or Hebrew. Um, and then, in fact, Frederick Franz, a former president, 77 to 92, then representing the translation committee, admitted under oath that he could not translate Genesis 2-4 from Hebrew. See that? Yeah. So when you have that, then you're dealing with this idea. Um, right. And, and this was, here, here's the actual court document. I'm going to read it for a minute. Oh, okay. I don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it says, see, uh, hmm. Charles Taze Russell was sued by J.J. Ross for defamatory libel, March 1913. Ross, in his booklet, Some Facts About the Self-Styled Pastor, uh, Charles Taze Russell. Russell does not know the dead languages, in other words, Greek hmm. and Latin. Here's in the courtroom. The attorney says to the founder of Jehovah's Witness, do you know the Greek alphabet? Oh, yes, Russell says. The, the lawyer says, can you tell me the correct letters if you see them? Russell, some of them, I might make a mistake on some of them. Attorney, would you tell the names of those on this top of this page? He gives them it. Yeah. I have got here. Well, Russell says, I don't know that I would be able to. Attorney, you can't tell those letters are. Look at them and see if you know. Russell, my way he interpreted at this point and not allowed to explain are you familiar with the Greek language? The lawyer asks him again. No, Russell answers. He doesn't know. Yeah. So 
you see what he's doing they're just trifling with the scriptures he doesn't know greek he doesn't know these ancient languages mm-hmm. whereas if you pick up a bible today you the first thing they're going to do is listen what translators are right you? usually there's five or six so know. so that goes back to another point you know did charles russell have any training or education to justify his interpretation of the scripture in the first place and it appears no like it's not clear that he did exactly yeah. right yeah he becomes quote unquote the expert right that people are going to follow it mm-hmm. and again jesus warned about false prophets yeah they're going to mislead many there you and go so here he comes and then he's going to the, the first thing you start with the word of god is he trifling with the word of god is he, yeah we just seen what he's doing with this Number two is the person of Jesus. Right. Is this another Jesus? Yes. Because when you press them on this issue, they will say Jesus was Michael the Archangel. Yes. That's what they're going to bring out in their, right. in their different literature. And it just doesn't work. You know, I mean, you can't have that uh, because the Bible clearly says uh, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Yeah. And it says in Colossians, and all the fullness of the deity dwelt in him bodily. Jesus receives worship. Jesus forgives sins. Um, Jesus raises the dead. Jesus is coming back on clouds of glory. Jesus says, uh, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're not going to have a prophet or an angel making those kind of statements. Right. You know, that's why the reason they killed Jesus, because the religious authorities thought he was, uh, being a man, he made himself to be God. Yeah. So you have those kind of issues. A big That is a big one, this whole on the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and and when you take a look at uh, how the Jehovah Witnesses deny the authority of the Bible, they, they do it by claiming unique interpretations, right, John? Yeah. So you take a look in Matthew's account, the Witnesses substitute breath for the Greek uh, word spirit. So with Matthew uh, 27.50, they say again, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his breath, not spirit. See. And then you take a look at um, to make it appear that Jesus only stopped breathing and did not yield up his invisible nature upon dying. But then you look at Luke's account, which I'll read in a minute, and they are trapped because Jesus would hardly have said, oh, we think, Jesus would hardly have said, Father, into thy hands I commit my breath. Right. So Luke twenty three forty six, and Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I entrust my spirit. So again, I think that's, isn't that how they go about it? Where they add words and change up the true Bible verses? Yeah. I mean, when it comes to to Jesus, now of course we'll get in a minute, they don't believe Mm -hmm. in the Trinity at all. Right. We'll get to that in a moment. Oh, that's a big one, yeah. But here, this is one of the teachings of Charles Taze Russell and the Jehovah Witness. They say that Jesus Christ had been the Archangel Michael in heaven before he came to earth. Michael supposedly gave up his godlike characteristics leaving only his life force jehovah then placed the life force of michael in the womb of the virgin mary so jesus could be born a human being while on earth jehovah witnesses jesus was a perfect man but nothing more than that after dying on the cross his humanity was annihilated yeah then he was raised as an immortal spirit who returned to heaven to become once again the Archangel Michael. Mm. Now that is so... Holy smokes. That is an important issue. But yeah. again, maybe there's some people listening to the broadcast today and they're yeah. not sure. Yeah. My I would my whole encouragement would be 
be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17. Are they, compare mm-hmm. this with what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Don't just listen to us mm-hmm. or yeah. oh, definitely, Jehovah yeah. Witness. Yeah. Right? But yeah. what does the Bible say about the person of Jesus Christ? Right. Does it say he's Michael the Archangel? No. Right. Does it say he rose from the dead bodily? Yes. People touched him. They ate with him. Mm-hmm. He allowed Thomas to put his finger in his wounds. I mean, um, he has conversations. He's not a spirit. Yeah. You know, he's so these things all break down once you yeah. see the now if you don't know the evidence or the plain word of God, you're more gullible to say, Oh, I never thought of that, or let me look at that. So John, how does somebody do that that is confused because maybe if this is the first time that they even are exploring Jesus Christ and they are, you know, a Jehovah Witness came to their door, mm-hmm. how do they do their own testing to evaluate how they're interpreting the Bible, what would you recommend so they could do their own homework and research to well, verify what we're saying? Yeah, okay. Uh, Usually if they knock on your door and they have a discussion, they might say, did you know Jesus never called himself God? Or the word Trinity is in the Bible. Uh-huh. Well, God is omnipresent, right? He's everywhere. But the word omnipresent is not in the Bible. God is omniscient. He knows everything, right? But yeah. the word omniscient specifically is not in the Bible. Right. What the, it's described as, you know. My point being that they'll say, did you know Jesus didn't die on a cross? You go, what? No, he died on a stake. And they try to make a big issue that did he die on a pillar, a, a stake. They're trying to jog you a little bit to go, I never knew that. Well, most mm-hmm. people, quite honestly, David, that answer the door are not that well equipped biblically. They just aren't. I, uh, yeah. I was one of those people. Uh, I think I'm a little bit better now, but still, you got to be, you got to be ready. Well, you got to yeah. know, like at yeah. the very, very limit, uh, least knowledge. You have to understand the deity mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. Number, you have to understand the Bible, the Word of God, what yeah. it is. Right. Revelation. You have to understand that it was mm-hmm. God inspired. There's, it's, you can have a New King James. You can have an NIV. Mm-hmm. You could have a Amplified. They're all right. similar. You know, the big, they're similar. You have to understand the Trinity at a certain level. You have to understand that Jesus died, was crucified according to the scriptures, was buried for three days, mm-hmm. came physically out of the grave, yes. and then ascended to heaven. I mean, yeah. those are basic things. And if you don't know those, you, you should know them. But then you could be easy right. prey for anybody, not Jehovah Witness. But they'll twist a normal, yeah. uninformed Christian like a pretzel because you go, I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, let me show you. <coughs> it's a problem. Yeah, it's it a is. big problem yeah. today. We just can't yeah. filter right. uh, this. So th- they say this, um, the Jehovah Witness t- twist the scriptural phrase, the only begotten Son of God, claiming that Jesus was the first and only being created directly by Jehovah. They also twist the reverence of Jesus being yeah. the Word or Logos. To mean one who speaks for Jehovah. Well, it doesn't mean that. It means that he, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So mm-hmm. by getting and trying to get people confused on these basic issues, yeah. well, you've got to take what's called the whole counsel of God. What does it say? For example, they say the only name of God is Jehovah. Well, that's not true. Because in the Old Testament, you have Adonai, Elohim, Jehovah, Jireh. Oh, yeah, we yeah. looked at all that terms. You know, yeah. so it's... <laughs> it's for- Again, somebody that's not really that familiar with the Mm -hmm. Bible might kind of come into this and go, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I see that. Right. And uh, thank you for coming to my door and sharing that with me. 
that, that's 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 the issue. You see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I guess I guess what what we're trying to suggest is that the New World Translation is not only an inferior translation; it's inaccurate with the ancient manuscripts, and it lacks true scholarship, doesn't it? Yeah. Right. You know. I, I mean that that that's that's the bottom line. Um, so I, I guess how would how would somebody that just has been approached by Jehovah Witness and they're they're leaning that way? How do they verify this about the ancient manuscripts? So what should they do to to kind of back up and the support? You know what yeah. we're saying here. How do they go about it? Otherwise, they have nothing really to compare it to. And these people are very very nice. Um, you know, and if you're searching for something. You just want to make sure you're going down the right path, right? And make sure it's right for you. Well, yeah. the key is, is it true? Yeah. I mean, that's the issue, David, is, is yeah. this true? If it's right. true and it's valid yeah. and can right. be proven and tested, then it's true. Two right. plus two equals four. Yeah. It doesn't equal five or six. So what you're looking for is truth. So if they come and they go, this is in the Bible, you go, pardon me, what Bible is right. that? They go, this is the New World Translation. And you can say, well, let me compare with the King James... New American Standard and the NIV, mm -hmm. and then you know, and all those are in agreement, and they're That's, listing the translators. Right. But then you look at theirs. The new right. you say, where's the translators? Well, we didn't list them here. Why does it seem that it's off with all these that are similar, very mm -hmm. tightly similar? Well, we 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 have better translators or something. Then you go. What it says in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was God, and you say the word was. A little God, mm -hmm. you're changing things mm -hmm. a bit there. You say to say you're changing, changing. You so to your point or your question, people have to examine this stuff. They it's do. very, yeah. very important because it's mm -hmm. not only your spiritual well-being that's on the line, but it's your children or grandchildren mm -hmm. or people's that you influence, and you don't want to be off on this stuff. It has to do with your the way you live your life, the way you spend your money, the what how you prepare for yeah. death, what happens to you after you die. These are not little matters, you know, and, and again, like you say, they come to the door, they're polite, they knock on the door, but the Bible clearly says even the devil can come to you as an angel of light. You know, when right. the, the serpent came to Eve, I think he was very beautiful. You know, he was a maybe a flying creature at that time. We don't know, but uh, he, he was certain something that was attractive that she was going to listen to the words that he's saying. Absolutely. <laughs> So, so, you know, John, if even, I guess if you, uh, the, one of the biggest ones is when you even take a look at the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? Mm -hmm. And you take a look at how old those are and the fact that the variation, uh, when you compare that to, you know, the current Bible, that it is so close. It's Testament, almost, it's yeah. less than what, 1% different, Accuracy. 99% accurate. And so we, that's a couple thousand years ago, right? So, you know... The Bible is really supported by historic documents where their version is supported. It started by one individual exactly. uh, 100 years ago, 150 years ago. Right. Um, and, and, and here's another way you yeah. can look at it. And, and again, if somebody wants to really investigate it, yep. look at their prophecies about the end of the world. Mm -hmm. They repeatedly make these, these, these prophecies... Uh, and they don't, they don't happen. You see, you can't do that. You know, they said it was going to happen 
Armageddon is going to start in 1914. Yeah. Didn't happen. And then they, they, how did they get around that? Because it was in all their literature. They said Jesus returned in the heavenly realm. You couldn't see him. He's in the invisible realm. Right. Well, then again, they say it in 1925. Then they were really big in 1975. I even have some of their literature here uh, where they'll talk about this, um, why 1975 is so important. Here it's from the Watchtower. Why are you looking forward to 1975? They're saying, okay. Yeah. And they say, well, 1975 will mark the end of 6,000 years of human history since Adam's creation. That's what they say. How do we know their calculations? Then they go into this whole thing, and then they're bringing up the fact, and again, that's from the Watchtower, and it says 1975. Well, of course it didn't happen. Right. Um, you know, again, yeah. you can't, with prophecy, there's no hit or miss. You're 100% or you're not, on, you're not a prophet of God. And they make this mistake, and people that are willing to look into this, they'll say, hey, this is off. But people that aren't willing to look and do a little research in it can be like a lamb, just let down the road. Just think, you know, they don't know. Yeah, so again, the Dead Sea Scrolls, you know, I'm just going to read this real quick because it verifies the accuracy of the Bible. This was by Dr. Brian Wood, archaeologist for biblical research, and he wrote, uh, you know, probably the Dead Sea Scrolls have had the greatest biblical impact. They have provided Old Testament manuscripts approximately a thousand years older than our previous oldest manuscript. The Dead Sea Scrolls have demonstrated that the Old Testament was accurately transmitted during this interval. In addition, they provide a wealth of information on the times leading up to and during the life of Christ. Right. So, you know, wow. So that's another um, reason, you know, that we believe that the Bible was accurately written. You know? Well, yeah, I mean, it validates. You know, like yeah. you say, they, when the Dead Sea Scrolls were discovered in 1947, it, yeah. they have a portion of every book in the Old they Testament do. except Esther. Yeah. And they have the completed scroll of Isaiah. Yep. So, you know, there's no variance. There's very little variance. Right. So when you come to the New World Translation, mm -hmm. Jehovah's Witness, there's a lot of things that don't jive with Which the translation. theoretically started what? You know, 172 years ago or, you know. Yeah, right. Right, right the New World versus, Translation. Versus, you know, the support yeah. we have for the Bible. Oh, yeah. Accuracy. Yeah. yeah. And again, they're shooting <clears throat> themselves in the foot. They're yeah. tipping their hand when they make these false prophecies. Mm -hmm. If you can't trust them with those false prophecies, then why trust them with their translation? Yeah. You see, I mean, it goes hand in hand. They deny Jesus rose from the dead bodily. Right. Here's what the Jehovah's Witness says. Yeah. They insist that Christ did not rise bodily from the dead, but only as a spirit who looked as if he were a body. Their theology does not leave any room for the existence of the spirit apart from the body after death. Right. They teach that God recreates. And then what Jesus, what they see after the resurrection, when they see Jesus, they say it's a recreated body. It's very strange. Uh, but again, they don't realize that Jesus was not a ghost. He was not just a spirit. Jesus asked his apostles to touch him, see that he had flesh and bones. He ate a piece of broiled fish with them. So point being that he's a physical resurrected right. body, not a spirit. And that's where they... Well that's what they don't realize. Yeah, and again, you know, you and I talked about this because we've run into folks who take maybe just four or five uh -huh. lines of the Bible 
and run with it. Right. And like, for instance, the, the passage that the Jehovah Witnesses use to claim Jesus is not God is, one of the ones I wrote down is 1 John 14, 28, the Father is greater than I. Uh-huh. And, and they stop there. Right. You know, and so... Um, and so we believe that, you know, Jesus was not only, um, you know, man, but he was also God. Um, he was both. And you can take a look at what Paul stated. The reason, you know, he even said this is he humbled himself to become obedient until death, even the death of the cross, Philippians 2.8. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can understand when you take three or four verses and run with it, and yeah. you don't look at the whole picture. Yeah, you got to look at the whole, yeah. what they call the whole council of God, the whole composite. Right. So you have Jesus coming into the world, and these claims are made about him. You know, the virgin birth. You know, he is the Son of God, and then you have his life displaying, and you know, the words he says when he says, "I and the Father are one," or. Um, I have the, the, the ability mm-hmm. to lay my life down and take it up again. Yeah. He has the power over storms. He has the power to raise the dead. Uh, he says, I'm coming back on clouds of glory to judge the earth. That comes from Daniel chapter right. 7. Forgiving sins. All uh-huh. of these things. And when people now bow down before him to worship him, he never refuses that. Whereas the apostles do when somebody drops down before them and they go, hey, hey, don't do it. We see that with Peter as well as mm-hmm. with Paul. The point being that Jesus freely receives worship. He says to pray in his name. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, no prophet or angel would ever say that. I will never. You have to be God to make that kind of a statement. Yes. So then again, that leads us into the next thing. They do not believe in the Holy Spirit being God. Right. Um, Jehovah Witness claim that the Holy Spirit is not God. It teaches that the Holy Spirit is an invisible Force, Active think of like gravity yeah, right. or electricity. Mm-hmm. Uh, God uses to inspire his servants uh, to do his according the Watchtower. The Holy Spirit again, like I said, is like electricity. But the problem with that is, it, it, the Holy Spirit has personhood. You can lie to the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. guides you and leads you into all truth. The Holy Spirit uh, distributes gifts among the people of God. All these personal attributes it's not like a force like let's say uh, gravity or right. fire or yeah. something like this it's a very real uh entity that mm-hmm. can dwell inside a believer and jehovah witness don't say that because of this they deny the trinity yeah they say that this is wrong uh, the trinity is is not from god and we don't have time to get into it all now but each of the the, the, the persons of the trinity yeah. have the attributes of god displayed in them in terms of you know in right. indwelling in a believer yeah. or in, in creation itself or in the whole plan of uh, salvation so it take you know it's just every single yeah. major doctrine they're they're in opposition to yeah the, the inspiration of the holy scripture the deity of jesus christ the nature of the holy spirit how jesus was died crucified rose again from the dead the Trinity. I mean, it's just all over mm-hmm. the place. It's just, you know, then you add to that all their false prophecies. It really makes you stop and think what's going on here. You know, and a guy got a, like I said, I got a book on that. Yeah. That, that I has see the that. historical documents <laughs> uh-huh. of um, all that's going on. 
And another thing that's very interesting on a sidebar is they don't believe in um, blood transfusions. Now they get this, they think they're getting this from Leviticus. Oh, but the, the, yeah. And I didn't know why that. that. This is so important is that um, court cases have been happening because they won't, they, there could be a serious illness where a child might need a blood transfusion. They refuse it. They refuse it. Now they, there's court cases, religious liberty as opposed to child abuse or child yeah. neglect. If and why them, is that? Well, they why believe would... that you cannot take blood. Yeah. Into your system. They quote it from uh, Leviticus. From, some, uh, from someone else. Yeah, they said the Old Testament scriptures refer often to Hebrew belief that eating blood is a sin. Some people say that transfusing blood is not eating blood, but in our belief it is the same thing. That's quoting the Jehovah Witness. And um, So when somebody's ill in a hospital from an infant to an adult, they're just going to die if they don't get a blood fusion? And yeah, that's, the, that's happened. Could, could they get them from their own family if it's the same bloodline or just no, in general? No, it's the ingestion of blood. Okay. It's taken in blood. But it's a misinterpretation yeah. of the scripture in Leviticus. It's, wow. But they take it again and they put this thing. That's why they don't believe, let's say, in Christmas. Right. They don't believe in um, birthdays, celebrating birthdays. It's very <coughs> different kind of. A, they don't believe in saluting the flag. There's a lot of these things that are just not in their system of belief. But this one of, uh, of uh, blood transfusion is very important. And that could, you'll see that in the paper sometime where they'll say uh, the, the state might take jurisdiction right. over this child to save his life, even though the parents, it so to speak, violates their um, religious rights as yeah. a parent. Well, you know, um, so I, I guess we go back to, the, you know, they're just saying there's one God. Uh, we believe there's one God yet three persons. I mean, the Holy Spirit has the characteristics of its own personality, intellect, emotion, and will. Uh, they believe the Watchtower declares there's no basis for concluding the Holy Spirit is a person, but there's so many verses, as you mentioned, the first person singular where the Holy Spirit speaks, Acts 13, 12, and Acts yeah, thirteen twelve. And while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, "Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." Um, you know, so the, the, there's a ton of verses um, where they, they seem to just misinterpret the verses. Even their own Bible, the New World Translation from 1970, teaches the. It teaches the doctrine of the Trinity, right? It does a little better now. They might, but, but, but they, they misinterpret it. They they're mis saying that they're not God, the three in one, right? The Godhead. You, their their thing is Jehovah. Right. That's the key. Okay. Mm -hmm. And therefore, Jesus is not God. He's a yeah. lesser God, or he's Michael the Archangel. And the Holy Spirit is not a person, let alone mm -hmm. God. He's a force. Yeah. You see, and it, it, again, you can't. Scripture breaks down. It talks about in Peter where people can twist the scriptures to their own destruction. You know, they, you, yeah. you pull it out of context. You say, don't look at this. It mm -hmm. means that. Here's another one on this blood transfusion. Yeah. It's one of the most well-known errors of Jehovah Witnesses that they don't see permissible blood transfusion, Jeez. not even to save a person's life. In the little book where we have taken most of the mm -hmm. information about the matter, uh, if Jesus Christ gave his life, his blood for all of us and teaches to sacrifice ourselves for each other, how would it be judged? Why would the religion deny giving a blood to save a person's life? 
but they say they prohibit um, military service. Uh, it's a well-known thing is that they, uh, they forbid their members to participate in military service. They say it's a bad thing. Uh, don't do it. So, again, God never <laughs> prohibits military. As a matter of fact, John the Baptist, who was speaking, says, and soldiers also asked him, saying, and what must we do? And right. he says to them, plunder no one, accuse no one falsely, and be content mm-hmm. with your pay. He didn't say to them, leave the military service. Yeah. Even Jesus <laughs> commanded the centurion. You see, my point being that as having great faith, mm-hmm. he didn't say, now get out of the military, quit being a soldier. But they don't believe you can be a soldier. So the more you study it, the what it helps us, David, as we study mm-hmm. these different belief systems in the next couple, it strengthens our own faith because it causes us to look back on what we really believe. Now, um, Again, Jehovah Witnesses, what you would encourage them to do, okay, they're reading their own Bible, the yes. New World Translation. I would suggest just pick up another Bible and just look at what it does say, let's say, about the deity of Jesus Christ or right. the Holy Trinity or these kind of issues. It doesn't it doesn't match up. Right. So, yeah, I'd like to read this verse sure. too, John. This is a key passage for discerning false teachers. Good. They, uh, the Jehovah Witnesses deny much about the person and work of Jesus Christ. 1 John 4.1 reads, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Right. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is from God, this is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, and now it is already in the world. Right. So that's what the Bible says. Yeah, I mean, Um, we should be aware that there's going to be all kinds of different doctrines, different mm -hmm. teachings, and we should should be able to kind of discern that. You know, I mean, if we have certain... uh, uh, scriptural basis and knowledge it'll actually say this in in ephesians chapter uh i'm looking at uh chapter four right it says um okay and he that is god himself gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists some pastors some teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of christ till we all come to the knowledge of the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the son of god to a mature man, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be carried, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in cunning craftiness of deceitful. In other words, he's saying, if you're formally rooted and grounded, you won't go being tossed to and fro by all these strange doctrines that are coming down the pipe. Right. It's just going to increase. Yeah. It's sad to say that these people mm. are really zealous and they're dedicated. I mean, who would give up a day to go around knocking on doors? You know, basically most of the doors slam in your face, but they and they go overseas to do this. And you, for what? You know, just to to, to, yeah. to lead somebody astray like this. And maybe they even know it's not true, you know, and real. Yeah. So, um, again, you were looking at a system 
that's a little bit, what are we going to say, maybe 150 years old, not quite 150 years old, that uh, has some serious issues that would cause people to think about. The, the big thing, too, and, and we really have to look at the, at the key points to how their doctrine is different than ours. And as you mentioned, they deny the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right. Without that, we do not have our Christian faith. Exactly It's right. all a bunch of noise. So Luke 24, 39 teaches that Jesus rose from the dead in the same physical body in which he died. Though there were some significant changes in the body of Jesus, these changes do not lessen its physical nature. Um, and because our Lord rose from the dead, we know that his sacrifice fully paid for our sins and that our bodily resurrection is certain. They don't believe that, right? Yeah, right. That they don't believe that Jesus was God, so he could not have been the perfect sacrifice. Yeah, right. Right. They don't even see the necessity. Yeah. So, so to speak. Now, when they die, it's over, right? Well, that's another thing, right? Uh, what they believe in the afterlife is yeah. different. Uh, they don't believe in eternal hell. Okay? Yeah, right. So that, that's a biggie. That was you know, one of the big things that got him to start this. He didn't like the torment. He didn't like the idea of hell. Uh, that there is going to be a heaven and hell. He didn't like that. Exactly right. Right. So Jehovah Witness will say Christ's death provides the opportunity for men and women to work for their salvation. So he's saying, Gosh. Um, yeah. again, that there won't be. He's Okay, here's what they say. They claim that a man does not have an immortal soul. And at death, man's spirit or his life force goes out and no longer exists, okay? But that's not what the, the gospel speaks of. Christians believe that Christ will return to the earth physically, right. visibly, audibly, and that man has an eternal, immortal soul, that at death he either goes to be with Christ or awaits the judgment. So they don't believe in hell. That's a big issue. Yeah. Now, um, again, if, if, <laughs> if the biblical account of hell is real, they're deliberately misleading people basically say uh, not to be concerned about that because that's not going to be the issue you know mm -hmm. that there's a heaven that there's a hell and then they had a teaching that only 144,000 they get this out of the book of revelation would make it into heaven they they try to they try to uh say this to be a jehovah witness means you're constantly trying to affirm your salvation even though that salvation will not include going to heaven only 144,000 Jehovah Witnesses will do that. And that those ranks were closed decades ago. In other words, mm -hmm. 140,000. What are they working for now is a place in the earthly paradise where they will have everlasting life, but not in the presence of a loving Jehovah God. They will be ruled by Christ and the 144,000 who remain in heaven. So they're big on this 144,000 that they get on... Mm -hmm. the book of Revelation but that's it's again the Bible clearly says if you're a believer to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord you know it's not yeah. Jesus says to the thief on the cross when he repents Lord remember me when you come into your kingdom right you know so there's no intermediary or any of this kind of stuff there's a limited number whomsoever will Jesus says let him come unto me I will in no wise cast them out yeah. It's more than 144,000. Oh, yeah. You know, millions. Yeah. And, so. and the big thing, too, is there is no way our good works uh, get us to heaven. Uh, our good works are useless. You know, Ephesians 2, 7, 8 says, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works 
that no one may boast. Without Jesus Christ coming to earth in human form, suffering for us on the cross, shedding his blood, and rising on the third day, that's the only way we have the opportunity for eternal life. Everything else is false teaching. Exactly. Period. Right. There's no other way to say it. Um, that's just what it is. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, that that's what we're confronted with when we look at the uh, the Word of God, David. Like yeah. you say, I mean, it's no. I, I, it is very clear, but I mean, you have to read the Bible to see the clarity of it. But if you right. don't, then you could be clouded over with some of this stuff. Again, on the Trinity, the the Jehovah Witness deny the doctrine of the Trinity, calling it an insult to our God-given intelligence and reason. Because God is not a God of confusion. Okay, Jehovah Witness point out that the word Trinity is not in the Bible. And because of this, they say it's unbiblical in nature. But an obvious response to that word is, the word Bible is not in the scriptures. Nor is the word theocracy, a favorite, which means God's rulership. The word, um, I just said earlier, omnipotence, all-powerful. That specific word omnipotence is not in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Omniscient, that God knows everything. That specific word omniscient is, but it's described in the Bible. So too, the Trinity as a singular word is not in the Bible, but it's described all through the Bible. It is. Don't make disciples yeah. of all nations, baptize them in the, the name, name singular, the Father, Father Son, Son, the Holy Spirit. Right. On and on and on. Mm-hmm. So again, these are major, major doctrines mm-hmm. that are really, uh, and again, I would ask somebody that's involved in Jehovah's Witness today or thinking about it, Study their history, especially the predictions they made about the end of the world, 1914, mm. 1925, 1975, and they all collapsed. They weren't true. So if they're not true on that, maybe they're not being true on this doctrine they're trying to give you about who is Jesus, the Trinity, the resurrection. All of those are extremely important. You see? So, yeah. so again, <clears throat> it is very good that we be equipped with this kind of knowledge uh, to understand, okay, well, what is what is the Bible specifically saying about these different things we're looking at? And to me, I think the big, big thing is the deity of Jesus Christ. I, I just I just think Absolutely. that's huge. Yeah. And when Jesus, in the Old Testament, I'll give you a couple examples. In the Old Testament, Isaiah 44, Isaiah 48, it speaks as if God being the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. But when you come to the New Testament in Revelation 1.17, Revelation 2.8, it speaks of Jesus as being the Alpha and the Omega, mm-hmm. the first yeah. and the last. Um, another one where it says creator, it says clearly God is creator. We see that in Genesis 1.1, Job 33.4. But in the New Testament, John 1.3, it says Jesus created everything, Colossians one fifteen says yeah. all things were created by him, both things visible and invisible. So once you see this, I, to me that is the key point, the pillar that they attack yeah. is the deity of Jesus Christ. And again, I always use it like the idea of buttoning your shirt in the morning. Mm-hmm. If you get the top button right, yeah. chances are most of your other buttons are going to be in right order. But if you get that first button wrong, oh, yeah. none of the others can be right. So if you get the deity of Christ wrong, if you don't know who Jesus is, things like salvation, Trinity, resurrection, all of this stuff is going to be out of kilter. Just won't be lined up right. But if you get the deity of Jesus Christ, 
uh, straight away, you're going to see that uh, indeed that that it's true. Right. Again, it says in um, Savior. It says in Isaiah, only God can be called Savior. There's only one Savior, right? But then when Jesus comes, he's repeatedly called Lord and Savior, Savior and Lord. Save. So you're not you're not really given a lot of room uh, yeah. to, to not affirm his deity. See, so that's where I would say is the main point. Once you get that right, I mean, we could do a whole show on that, but uh, it, you're going to get the others right. I, we're about to close. I just want to show a couple little uh, instances right. of this, how it works out in the scripture. If you look at Titus. Titus? Uh-huh. And, and you'll see something very interesting regarding this idea of the deity of Jesus Christ. Titus what? Uh, look, look at Titus chapter 1 for a moment. And if you read, um, look at what it says, uh, verse, uh, look at verse 3, chapter 1, verse 3. Sure. And which now at his appointed season he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. Who is, in there? In that verse you just read, who is the Savior? Jesus. No, in that verse, what does it oh, say? See, and which now is appointed, he has brought to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God, oh God, uh, yeah, our Savior. God our yeah, Savior, right? right? So it's really clear. Right. Now look at verse 4. To Titus, my true son, and our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. Now who's the Savior? Christ Jesus. See, yeah. Christ Jesus yeah. our Savior. All right, look at chapter 2. Let's look at this one more time. And As you go down here, you're going to see, um, look at verse 10, chapter 2. Okay. You can read and it. not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God, our Savior, attractive. Who's the Savior in God. that verse? God, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, now look down to verse 13. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Who's now you're Savior? back. It's going back to Christ. See what I mean? Yeah, and see right. that blurring and it blending? It bounces back and forth. Yeah. The deity, deity. Okay, right. one more. In chapter 3, um, uh, look what it says in verse 4. Okay. Titus 3. Okay. 4, but when... Kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. He saved us, not, be, not because who's, who's of the God. God's the Savior, right. clearly, right? But now look at verse 6. Whom he poured out on us gener generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. See that? Yeah. See that? That's a very important point because God equals Savior, Savior equals Jesus, Jesus equals God. It's perfect, yeah. but it's it's in a mysterious mm -hmm. language formatting. Mm -hmm. But can you fully understand it? Perhaps not. But is it revealing yeah. God's word, the equality in the Godhead? See, once you start getting into the scriptures, and this is what I challenge our listeners to do, look at this matter. It's extremely important. Yeah. And we could do a whole show on this thing. Well, yeah, yeah even if you look at Titus 3... Verse 5, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Right. 
There you see the Holy so Spirit. So then you see the Trinity, Trinity. Uh, uh, throughout. Yeah. Clearly. So again, in closing, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, the next couple of weeks, we'll look at these different religions or belief right. systems. But it's important for us as Christians to know what others believe, and but then to know what we believe. You know, what about the person of Jesus, about the Trinity, about his death on the cross, yes. his physical resurrection. Yeah. Uh, how do we become a, a Christian? How mm-hmm. are our sins forgiven? What happens when we die? Uh, how is it that Jesus is going to return? All of these are very, very important doctrinal uh, oh, truths yeah. right. that are very important because not only does it affect our lives, it affects our children, our grandchildren, people we talk to, people we influence, uh, and we have to pass. It's like a relay race. We get it, and then we have to pass it off to the next generation. And that's why it says, I'll close on this, it says in Jude, verse 3, contend for the faith. That was once and for all delivered to the saints. Yeah, that's what we're doing. It's right. just contending, comparing: is this true? Is this false? Is this true? Is this false? And hold fast to that which is true. Yeah, and as a Christian, you know the one thing you've conveyed to me, uh, John, the last few years is not only understanding the Scripture is helpful in creating new disciples, but also helping others that may have gone astray with a different doctrine exactly and a right. different belief system. You really have to be able to answer some of these questions. You made that clear to me, and that's that's another reason you really need to start to get into the Word more. Yeah, be so into you the can, Word. Yeah. Be in church. Be active in studying right. the Word of God yourself as right. well as with other people. Right. And, you know, if the other person is veering off this way or that way, you have some discernment, especially on the major doctrines. These are big biggies, okay? Oh, yeah. Uh, not little things. Okay. Right. Okay, well, once again, thank you for listening. God willing, we look forward to uh, having another show next week. We'll look at another belief system. How does it compare to the scriptures? And until that time, may God bless you and have a great weekend. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless.